on this episode of the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. We talk some OU football by telling you the buzz we are hearing so far from OU training camp in the National College Football Roundup. We discuss the possible alliance forming between the Big Ten, Pac-12, and ACC. And we finish up by giving you our winners and losers of the weekend. Please download and subscribe to the podcast. Rate it five stars. Write us a good review. Follow the show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search Oklahoma Breakdown on any of those, and you'll find us. All right. Our man, Michael Hosty will kick this thing off. It's time for the Oklahoma Breakdown. It's a beautiful Monday, August 16th, and you're listening to the Oklahoma Breakdown with Iker and Lehman, presented by Riverwind Casino. Riverwind is Oklahoma City's premier casino experience, and your health and safety are Riverwind's number one priorities. There are so many reasons why Riverwind is consistently voted OKC's number one casino, but it all starts with their amazing variety of gaming thrills and excitement. Riverwind's beautiful, award-winning environment plays host to more than 2,800 of the latest electronic games with a huge selection of table games, including Blackjack, Blackjack Match, Roulette, and Teddy's favorite, Craps. No matter what your game, Riverwind has it in spades and hearts. And every night from 6 p.m. to midnight, August 1st through 27th, you can win your share of $300,000 in cash, prizes and bonus play in Riverwind's $300,000 Riverwind Winniversary. That is a lot of money. If you need help find your way, just visit riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the one. Now we're recording this Sunday night and we are back, baby. We're back, Ted. And it feels good to be back. Feels feels good to be back in the saddle. Uh I do kind of feel like I don't know how any of this works. It's been so long, even though it's only been a week, it feels like in radio and in podcast years, it feels like forever, but it's good to be back. How I, I totally know what you mean. I was putting the rundown together and I was like, Oh my God, do I remember how to do this? <laughs> how was before we get into the OU football stuff and we're going to get into a lot of it. How was vacation? Good, busy, relaxing. What are we? What, are we, uh, what were we working? Well, with? it wasn't relaxing. We'd throw that right out. There's no relaxation. But um, as a parent and as an adult, you have to remember that vacation time is no longer about you. It's all about the kiddos. And my son had a blast. We just completed his birthday this evening had some friends over for, for a birthday party, which was great. Uh, last week we went to, uh, San Antonio. We hit, we pulled off the rare trifecta, uh, hardly ever attempted, almost never completed. We hit SeaWorld, Six Flags and Schlitterbahn back to back 
back-to-back days. It's hitting for the cycle of San Antonio, and it was fun, but it reminded you of all the reasons you hate life. You know, <laughs> there was a, there were some really good times in there, but then, you know, mixed in between was a whole lot of suck. Okay, but other than that, we had a blast. How about you? So, uh, yeah, took a seven-week-old baby to Italy. Woo! So that was this was this was our first vacation with the baby, and I completely relate to what you just said about vacation no longer being about you, it being about the kid. Holy hell, it changes everything. Like things you used to never worry about on vacation. Do what you want, whenever you want, drink and eat what you want. Uh -uh. I mean, it just, it was, it took me about a day and a half to adjust where I was like, oh, I'm just going to go down to my, down to the pool, Uh, start drinking some wine. My wife was like, no, you are not. You're not doing that. What do you mean? Are you kidding me? We have to take him with us. I was like, oh, yes, we do. You're right. It was, <laughs> it was different, man, but it was good. It was good. Lake Como, beautiful uh, father-in-law, got remarried, beautiful wedding. It was, it was very, very cool. But yeah, now, now I know. Now I know vacation is, is different from, from this point on. Got it. Yeah. Now I know. Hey, the, the great Chad McKee. Put it to me best, and I'll, I've I've used this a million times, but I credit him, and maybe he heard it somewhere. But I once told him that we were going on vacation, but you know we were going, we had to go do this and this. And he's like, no, 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 you're not going on vacation. You're going on a family trip. Do not confuse the two because they are nothing alike. A family trip with the kids is. It's more work than just being at home and going through a regular work week. <laughs> but, you know, there's there's bits and pieces of enjoyment in there, just tiny little slithers that you've got to really grasp onto it and love. We we took the little guy out on the boat. He's riding in Lake Como, had this big smile on his face. I was like, oh, this is awesome. Next, you know, two minutes later, he's not happy. So it was <laughs> It was, you're right. It was, it was up and down, but you know, wouldn't trade it for anything, man. It's, it, it's going to take some getting used to. That was the first one where I was like, dude, I was hung over one morning and he didn't care. He didn't care one bit, Ted. No, does not care. That's great. Just pounded some coffee, powered through. Okay. Please leave us a five-star review and a nice comment while you're at it also if you want to sponsor the podcast please email us at the oklahoma breakdown at gmail.com and happy birthday edward layman yes number seven at a boy seven years old baby what a day man what a day okay let's get to the ou stuff first little little piece of important news for ou fans if you are going to the two lane game you will have to provide proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test taken 72 hours prior to the game in order to get into Yulman Stadium. Tulane, 
which is a private school, is the first football team to announce something like this. So just so you know, OU fans, them's the rules in New Orleans. Proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test taken 72 hours prior to kickoff. Don't forget it. Don't be the person because you know there's going to be one, Ted. Oh, yeah. Shows up and is like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, I am just endlessly fascinated with this. Um, I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think it's hilarious. You know, it's one or the other. You can have the vaccine or a negative test, but (laughs) everyone I know right now that has COVID is vaccinated. So I, it's funny that one is like, well, you don't need the negative test if you've been vaccinated, but I, I don't know. It's interesting, and I, I'll tell you right now, there's going to be more of this as the season rolls along. Get used to it. Yeah, I think we were all hoping for everything to be back to what used to be normal, and it seems like this, uh, this whole Delta variant thing uh, has other ideas, which is very, very annoying. So we'll, we'll see what happens across the country, but definitely something to keep an eye on. But OU fans, them's the Be rules. Prepared. Be prepared. Just, just know that's, that's what it's going to be at that game. Okay, let's get into the training camp buzz. Ted, do you want to start on offense or defense? We all, I feel like we always start offense. Which one do you want to go with? Uh... We can go offense. That's fine. God, what a good decision you've made. Okay, you guys so, are prima donnas. You need you you need to feel important and go first. That's fine. I'm used to taking a backseat. So Let's true. do it. So true. Okay, so the the biggest question mark we had going into camp for the team was was the offensive line, and I've got good news, Ted. I've got real good news because the staff is really liking what they're seeing from the O-line, feeling very good about it. I wouldn't say great, but very good with what they've seen so far. Seems like they feel like they've got seven guys that they would have absolutely no hesitation starting with another two or three guys that they view as really, really solid backups. Now, Anton Harrison has been a little banged up throughout camp so they've they've tried some different combinations as a result of that including kicking Tyrese Robinson out to tackle a little bit and I'm told he's looked pretty dang good looked pretty comfortable seems like Rame is emerging as the guy at center but they view Chris Murray as a starting caliber player at right guard and center so, you know, th- depending on what combination of guys they end up landing on, I wouldn't be shocked week one at Tulane, you saw Raym at center and Chris Murray at right guard if if Tyrese Robinson is forced to play some, some right tackle. So we'll see. But from what I've heard so far, they feel really good about things. And Wanya Morris, he's been solid still needs to continue to show improvement 
if he wants to be a starter, but it sounds like they feel better about things right now than they did with, when camp started. And that's really all you can ask for, man. It seems like the, the group up front's coming along. Yeah. And you know, it's one of the things that you've been harping on all spring and summer is they like the pieces. They just got to figure out the right combination. And I don't know that, and, and maybe you had thought about this, but I had never thought about a Rain at center, Murray at right guard, and um, uh, Robinson out at right tackle. That's something that is is really interesting. I, I, I had never thought about that combination. I will, I will say this: if they had to play, if they had to play a game this week, I think that's what it would be. I think it would be Rame, Murray, Robinson, center, right guard, right tackle. I think well, if they if they had to play a game this week, I'll tell you what's interesting about that is I, I'm not sh- exactly sure, and you may correct me on this, but I feel like like the the GT counter has been our big run play, right? And I feel like we are a right handed team whenever it comes to the GT counter. We like to run the play to the right side. And what that means is you got to have some good push from those guys on the right. And then you pull the guys around and that's some road graders right there with Murray at guard and Tyrese Robinson at right tackle. That's some, that's clearing the path on those down blocks and, and, and everything trying to pave the way for those pullers to come around. Yeah. And, and and remember Tyrese Robinson He's leaned out a little bit, moving the best he's moved since he's been there. So I, I was really, really encouraged with what I've heard so far from the O-line. And I'll say this, and I know for whatever reason, OU fans give Eric Swinton a really, really hard time. He He's going to be in the mix, man. He, he is a guy that being Bo trusts, not only at both tackle spots, but if he had to jump in and play guard, like he is one of those guys, one of those seven that they view as a starting caliber player. And maybe he's not going to be a starter. I don't think he will be, but he's the type of guy that if a guy goes down, you trust to step in. And and those guys are so important throughout a season. So just saying, anyone that's like, Eric Switzer's never play it again. I'm just warning you now. He's he's having a really good training camp. He's playing really solid football. Well, the biggest thing for him is just continuity. It seems like anytime he's had a, a good run of health, he's done really well, and, and the coaches have said good things, but then he gets banged up, and it's always, gosh, once, you, once you're not 100% right, it just becomes an uphill battle, so – as long as he stays healthy and ready to go, if anything, he gives you an awesome, solid backup, uh, a guy that can play multiple positions for you. So he's he's what you need. Uh, in a year, whenever you're not exactly sure what your starting lineup may look like, guys like that are worth their weight in gold. Now, uh, looking at the skill positions at a wide receiver so far with what with what guys have put on tape throughout camp uh, doesn't sound like any wide receiver has turned into CD lamb just quite yet Ted. Like I, I, I guess that 
that level of production just hasn't hasn't manifested so far on the practice field, which it it is pretty interesting that that's kind of like the expectation, that level of production, mm-hmm. like who's going to be the CD lamb type player. But I, I'm not sure they have that guy. Let's hope maybe Marvin Mims turns into that guy. However, it does sound like Jaden Hazelwood is showing flashes, flashes of being something special. And they feel like he's progressing. Now, he's still got a long way to go, but it it sounds like he's getting some of that confidence. He's getting some of that speed back, and and they are encouraged with what he's doing in camp. It also sounds like if, if you could buy stock, like hypothetical stock in human beings, you know, I don't know why we would say, you know, hey, buy so and so stock. It well, sounds- at one point, weren't people doing that? Like they were, they sold themselves as shares. Can you can you do that? Yeah, there was some. Did Spencer Dinwiddie do that? You remember that? There were some contract? players that did that, maybe five six years ago, and. I don't know whatever happened. Obviously, it didn't work out well. It's not like it's a, a big thing right now. But, yes, I'm sure that's going to be the, a thing at some point. New NIL deal right there. Like the baseball guys that, right, they yep. yeah, get money up front for, you know, a percentage of their future earnings. I don't know. Just an idea, college football players. But it sounds like buying some Mike Woods stock would be a wise decision Hmm. size speed attitude is Is he more uh, of a uh doge coin or cardano or maybe ethereum what what are we buying here uh, ethereum is really established right it's ethereum and then it's bitcoin he's probably in the doge category if i had to say but okay I don't know a ton about the other cryptocurrencies other than what ether and what people There's call it about ETH for short. I hear people call it, ETH. I'm like, Oh my God. Just, <laughs> but I, I would say, I don't know what crypto to compare them to Ted. All I know is the coaches like what they're seeing so far. That's all I know. The crypto that makes catches over the middle and can run away from guys whenever he's got one-on-one coverage. Hey, I like it. He looks the part, man. Big physical guy. We know he's productive, was productive in that Arkansas system. And I don't think it's going to be any different here. So uh, I I don't always know that it's a bad thing whenever you don't have just a standout guy. Like right now in training camp, I would be worried if since you do so much good on good, at least in the early part of training camp, I would be worried if they're talking about some receiver is absolutely torching OU secondary. But got to remember, this defense is way ahead of where they've been in the past. And while a guy may not be looking like he's just, you know, next level and torching people left and right, we've got way better in the secondary. So it's going to be way more difficult to to ID those guys at this point in camp than it's maybe it's been in the past. So. I'd hold, I, I wouldn't just, you know, say that we're just going to be average at skill position. I I think that we may find when we get into live bullets against other teams that we got some really good wide receivers. Yeah, and just kind of the overall feeling is 
that they've got really, really good players at wide receiver and that they are too deep at every wide receiver position. And when you have that kind of depth, keep guys fresh, keep guys fast, keep guys healthy throughout the season. That's what you want, man. So uh, they, while they may not have CD lamb, they, they got a lot of guys that can play uh, looking at, looking at tight end. It sounds like Austin Stogner is coming along. Uh, just not quite back to 100%, not back to being kind of himself just yet. But, and this will make you happy, Ted. Braden Willis, Jeremiah Hall, two of the top performers up to this point on the offense during training camp. Playing really, really well so far. And having... Having three guys like that in that tight end fullback room, listen, the more the merrier. If you you don't have to just rely on Stogner, you can have Willis, who, let's be real, Willis is a better athlete than Stogner is. I mean, I loved hearing that, man. No, I love Willis. I think he's a really good player. And if you want to take a really good player and turn him into a next-level talent, you know what you do, Gabe? Throw them in a single digit, right? You just feel faster, feel better. That's all it takes. You have to produce if you are a tight end wearing a single digit. That's what happens. You show up every day. It's like, dude, I I better go do something today. They're going to take this number from me. Put me in a blocking tight end number. Oh. Yeah, I, that's awesome, though. I love it. I, I, I think Braden Willis is he's been one of those guys that's been on the cusp of, you know, breaking into a big role in the offense for what seems like two or three years now, but tight end is, it's hard. Like Lincoln doesn't automatically make tight end a big part of the offense. It's not an automatic. He has to have the right person there. And even when he has the right person there, it's still one of those things where a lot of times we're left thinking like, why don't we go to Mark Andrews more? Why don't we go to Stogner more? So it's a hard spot. Like you don't get a whole lot of opportunities. And whenever you do get them, you've got to make them pay off. And I feel like Braden Wills has been right there on the edge of that. So to hear that he's having a good camp, that's music to my ears. Love it. I, I think for Willis, it, it all comes down to staying healthy for him, right? Dude just, now, what was it last year, like an MCL or something? Well, remember, he had COVID yeah. and then came back and immediately a bad ball gets his knee taken out. Like he, right. it was just it was just a combination of bad things for Will. So if if he stays healthy, I mean he could be one of those breakout players. He's one of those guys that could have production that we haven't seen anything close to it up to this point in his career. So so we'll see. And one note on Spencer Rattler, he's really good. So that's that's good. When when your quarterback's really good, usually the offense is uh is gonna be humming. So it sounds sounds like old Rattler ha- has some things figured out in the system now. So between uh dips of cane sauce and practicing his autograph, he was able to get some good work in over the summer. Turns out he can still spin the thing, man. <laughs> yes. He Love won't it. be focused. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I think he'll be all right. 
I think it'll be fine. Okay, let's get to the defense. But first, let's talk money. First Fidelity Bank is a full-service financial institution based in Oklahoma with tailored solutions for all your personal and business needs. Checking accounts, saving accounts, home loans, and much more. They do it all. Whether it's online banking from your computer or mobile banking from your phone, everything is stress-free with FFB. Making mobile, mobile deposits, paying bills online, and moving money to different accounts could not be easier. First Fidelity Bank also provides free ATMs worldwide, making banking convenient wherever you are. They also give back to the community. FFB donates a total of more than $500,000 to local charities and educational foundations. Make your life easier and go bank at First Fidelity Bank. Visit FFB.com for more information and make sure you send your kids to Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School. Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School has a long tradition of educational excellence. With a 12 to 1 student to teacher ratio, no student is overlooked. Bishop McGinnis' college prep curriculum offers 22 AP courses. There are numerous clubs and organizations for students to join. And as a proud member of the OSSAA, there are 14 sports offered. If you want to provide the best possible educational and spiritual development for your children, contact Bishop McGinnis Catholic High School or visit bmchs.org. Financial aid is available. Okay, Ted, what's the buzz from the defensive side? Well, uh, let's start on the back end. I think that, you know, one of the things going into camp that we talked about was uh, a lot of depth, a lot of good players, uh, just trying to figure out what the combination was going to be like starting. And I don't know that they were really much closer to that, that, to that right now. Um, you know, they haven't been in live bullets a whole lot. I think they have a scrimmage tonight. Um, or last night, which is going to tell them a lot. Um, obviously, defense is a lot about tackling and how you perform in some of those situations. So that's going to be big. But I think the good thing is uh, you can look at it a couple of different ways. At corner, no one has really separated themselves as just the guy. And you can say, oh, dang, that's, you know, that's frustrating. I thought someone was really going to elevate themselves. But the level that you have to elevate above is so much higher than it's been that I don't necessarily take that as a negative. I think they're getting really good play from four or five guys at corner. And that's going to continue to be something that they battle out through camp. And I, I would, I would bet that who starts game one at corner may not start game three at corner and who starts game three at corner may not start game five at corner. I I think that there's going to be multiple guys start throughout the season, but as of right now, which you know how it goes with coaches, it's like, (laughs) it's like, yeah, it's good, but you know, it's, I, I, I think right now the secondary is in a good spot. The nickel, uh, position, which I think is absolutely critical this year. I mean, that's one of the things that has a chance to put our defense over the edge. I think you, it's still going to be between uh, Cradell and Bowman, which, you know, you know what you're going to get consistency from Cradell, uh, but Bowman, I think, gives you, like freshmen tend to, uh, maybe a couple of mistakes here and there, but the the plays that he's able to mo- to make are just like wow factor plays. You look at you you always talk about how important that nickel position is in Grinch's defense. So I 
I, I'm encouraged that they that they feel like they got two difference makers at the position, mm-hmm. right? So if I hate to say it, but if one guy sucks, you put the other guy in. Like, I, but I mean, would you have a position that important? It's it's important to have depth at it and to have Cradell and Bowman. But Ted, you're completely wrong. Don't you know that DJ Graham has been in the the Twitter highlights, so that automatically makes him the best defensive back. Don't you know that? And hey, he he has a really good chance to to be exactly that. Um, I think he's I think he's got a chance to have a spectacular year, and maybe he's one of those guys that you know you hear this from coaches so often. We're waiting on someone to just take the position and run with it, and make it theirs. And, you know, it's one of those things where to the untrained eye or not even the untrained eye, everyone else just may look at the thing and be like, well, that's your best guy. But coaches never really want to relent on that. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, but so I, I think that he's he's got as good a chance as any or better than most to be maybe the best corner that they've got. Um if I had to lay money somewhere, that's probably where I would put it. Um, but I, all of that to say that, and I don't want to take anything away from him, but I think the whole group's going to be really good. I do. It's, yeah. it's a good problem to have. Definitely. I mean, depth in the back end, that's just think of a couple of years ago. Like <laughs> that's, that's not a problem. I thought that this program would have so quickly. What in a in a like a competitive football game down to the fourth quarter, we might play six corners, and I'm not including nickel. I'm saying corner. We might play six corners. That's how deep they are, and from your best to your third, there's not a whole heck of a lot of difference which I know may frustrate some people that you want your starter to just be all world. And I think that there's a chance that the starters are that good, but they've, they've gotten so good. They're coached so well, the, the scheme third year in the scheme, man, it just, it, everyone is reacting on instinct now, not thinking. And that makes those guys play so much faster. It's exciting times in the secondary, man. So, What's going on with your boys, a linebacker? I know that's 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 really all you care about, anyways. <laughs> Meathead. Um, I am. <laughs> I was going to say cautiously optimistic, and I think that's downplaying it. But it sounds like Stutzman is a dude, which. I love like they're saying he's a baller. So it's early in camp. Let me just say that and Gabe, you've seen this. I, I talk about it all the time. Freshmen early in camp look fantastic, right? The playbook is like tiny. We've, we're just installed some stuff. The offense is keeping it pretty simple, but as it gets longer and longer and longer, guy the mistakes start to mount uh but as of right now they're saying stutzman is 
he is an absolute stud, which is good. Can't have too many absolute studs. No. So you that can't. Leaves. And they're already deep. And that's just like secondary. They're already deep at inside backer. But I, I think the great thing about the defensive staff now, and this is, this is the way it should be. Man, it doesn't matter how old you are. No. Like, if you can play, you're going to be on the field. It's not going to be like, hey, you know, no, these guys have been starting for a couple years. They're going to get first crack at it. You know, I'm going to let them, you know, you wait your turn. Nah, 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 no, 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 not when you're, not when you're trying to win a title this year. I mean, it's, it's put the best guys out there. That's just how it's got to be. Yeah. Well, um, Stutzman, and a lot of people know this, but he did, he was not an early arrival. Um, I think he was listed originally as a three-star kid at backer. Um, but he, you know, he was never should have been a three-star and I think he ended up maybe being elevated to a four, but he's six, three, you know, he's 230 plus pounds now as a true freshman. Um, you know, he played his senior year of, of football this past spring. So he didn't get to arrive early. He came in right there first of June whenever they started summer workouts and uh, was a stud in summer workouts. And that's carried right over to camp. And, you know, I've, I've talked with him. He's a football guy. I mean, he is he's a weight room guy. He's a, uh, you know, competitive win all of the sprints out there on the field. He's tough as hell, flies to the football, has a motor, uh, doesn't take anything off of anyone. Like a lot of guys come in as a freshman, just kind of feel your way around a little bit. Not the case with him. So I, it's exciting because you add him to a inside linebacker room that is incredibly deep, incredibly talented, incredibly experienced now, which is, which is rare. You got Deshaun White, who's seems like has played forever, can play both spots, the Mike and the Will. Uh, Aguebu has a year under his belt at the Mike backer. Asamoa, this is his, what, his third year in the system. He knows it. He's the most explosive guy that they've got. Uh, plus Witter, who's, you know, just a guy that can absolutely fly. They've got a lot of good talent there in the inside linebacker room. That's, that's a lot of guys for only two spots on the field. They'll so. play five, maybe six in a game. At, in, at two inside backer at two spots. That's crazy. Okay. Crazy. What, uh, what about D line? D line, just to build on that narrative, and I think we may have mentioned this, but Grinch, uh, before they started camp and media availability, says that right now they want to rotate 14 guys on the defensive line. <laughs> so you're talking, uh, I think that number, that's including. I think he's including outside backer, defensive end, and the interior defensive line guys. So it's your it's your front four, but fourteen there. We'll call it we'll call it four at backer. That's eighteen, and then, I mean, you're every bit of seven guys, and it's going to be way more than that in the secondary. You're talking twenty five guys at least going to be playing on defense in a game. So you are going to have fresh legs out there and the and what's great is that all three levels the difference between player a and player e or f 
there's a difference, but it's not huge. And whenever you can get good play out of those guys, why your A and B players are getting a blow, it's 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 so critical defensively. Everyone wants to go fast on offense and and wear wear defenses out. And you know, you get them in that fourth quarter, and it's we've heard it. Those three yard runs turn into five, six, seven yard runs. Well, not whenever a defense is playing 25 guys, they don't. So I, I think it's uh I think it's really exciting. Now, uh you're hearing all the the familiar names up there. Benito uh looking good. Uh I, I think I think Isaiah Thomas is he he created some some waves last year. Remember Grinch said that. He should have been defensive player of the year in the Big 12. He's going to have some attention this year, but I think he's got a chance to have a special season. He he also is going to get to just play defensive end. Now, yeah. they'll have some things where maybe he kicks inside in the pass rush cheetah situation. packages or whatever. Yeah, but he, he had to play three technique at some points last year, and he's really good, but just speaking as a former offensive lineman. And if I saw that guy on the inside, I would be like, hell yes, let's go (laughs) catch a breather here. (laughs) So him being able to play his natural position, I think is going to bode very well for him. But yeah, also hearing Perry on Winfrey is he's crazy. He's the perfect amount of crazy. And he's, he's going to have a big year. Right. So we'll see, but it sounds like everything is very, very competitive up to this point in training camp. And that's exactly what training camp's all about. So iron sharpening iron, man. It they're excited about the team. Like this yeah. is this is the most excited I've heard them in a couple years for sure. Well, here's the thing. Um and you can almost go every position. There's a few that you don't feel as good about, but as of right now, it doesn't feel like, aside from maybe just one or two spots, that like a major injury or losing a guy or even two would totally derail your entire season. And that's always the the scary thing going into training camp is – Something happens to someone, and even if it does, like obviously you're you're going to be frustrated and um, not really know what the future holds. But they are in such a better position, depth wise, roster wise, across the board than they've been in recent years, and it's it leaves them with a lot of options. Yeah. All right. For our call your shot question, we asked you who is an OU player you want to emerge as a starter from training camp got a ton of responses uh alex m gramblin says key lawrence i want a 6'2 200 pound safety out hunting in this secondary hunting alex gramblin says ted he's gonna play a lot and he's gonna have a chance kids uh he's got the frame he's got the explosiveness to be an absolute ball player so he's gonna be on the field a lot um it's going to be weird whenever like they do the starting lineups on defense. It's like you're going to name some guys the starters, but they may not be playing a whole heck of a lot more reps than everyone else. 
it it could be one of those situations where OU's defense sets the college football record for or. oars. <laughs> It's going to be like, there's yes. 18 oars on this depth <laughs> chart. This is ridiculous. Oh, that's great. I love it. And I you just, know they will because one thing coaches love to do is be as vague as possible with that depth chart. Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. And Lincoln may be the best ever. It's going to be offensive is what it's going to be. <laughs> it's like, no, tell me who the first guys are going to be on the field. Don't give me 57 <laughs> oars. Uh, Jalen Ross chimes in, Ted, and says, Danny Stutzman, a.k.a. Teddy Jr. <laughs> he's taller than I am. I stood next to him at the Champion Barbecue. Uh, he's, I'm telling you, man, it's rare whenever coaches or um, people familiar with the team rather say, like, this kid is legit and is is a Sunday player, especially whenever they're that young. So to hear that he's playing that good this quick and is like the big problem with young young players is you either have guys that make a lot of mistakes or guys that play way too cautious because they're scared of making mistakes. Rarely do you have a guy that's a freshman that plays with reckless abandon and you're going to make some things, you're going to make some mistakes here and there, but you just play, you know, pedal to the floor the entire time. And that's what he's doing. And he's had really good results so far. Oh, one that I did not expect to get is we had uh Link's little toe which is ah. at link toe on Twitter it says hoping the new punter is all about the internet hubbub coffin corners, please. I did not <laughs> expect someone to say the punter, which leads me to a funny story. So Gabe Perkich is obviously the kicker every once in a while. I get a text message from a member or two of the staff that was intended for Gabe Burkich. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, I received a text from a member of the staff that I had a drug test and that I needed to, and I was like, listen, uh, I, just so you know, I would pass, but I, I, I ain't going to be there. <laughs> and that's great. Just the other day, I received a text that said, you will have all of the field goals in the scrimmage tomorrow. And I said, well, shit, I better get to practicing. <laughs> you guys are screwed. Uh, that's great. <laughs> so it's, uh, it actually, it cracks me up when I get him. It's, it's pretty funny. Okay. That was a lot of OU, a lot of OU information there. It's good. And we'll, we'll get you guys, uh, the scrimmage information, but we're kind of recording right in the middle of it, I think. Okay. Ted, let's get to the national college football roundup. This is interesting. Right, Pac-12, Big Ten, and the ACC have reportedly started discussions about forming some sort of alliance, which is which is such an underrated word. When you just say you're forming an alliance, it just gets people's attention. You're like, ooh, that sounds cool. But 
it doesn't seem like they have many of the details ironed out, but whatever the alliance will be, whether it's just non-conference scheduling or it's more than that, this is all clearly a reaction to the SEC's power play of Adno U in Texas. So I I don't really know what this means, but it certainly it certainly sounds cool, man. It sounds cool. It really doesn't mean anything. All right. Here's the thing. And maybe this is good, maybe it's bad, but this is just the position that college football has put themselves in. It's not up to the Pac-12, the Big Ten, or the ACC if they want to form an alliance. Anything that anyone does now has to be okay through the networks. Like the networks are the ones that are deciding what will work and what won't. Um, you know, the, the Pac-12, Big Ten, ACC, they all have network deals. So they can't just go in and start saying, well, here's what we're going to do and here's what we're going to start uh, scheduling and we're going to group together, whatever that might be. It's got to be done through the networks. If the networks say, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. We're okay with that. Then they'll do it. If the networks say, no, no, we want to keep it the way it currently is, then you know what's going to happen? They're going to keep it the way it currently is. So the conferences really don't have a whole heck of a lot of, of, you know, leverage in any of this stuff. If they're trying to add someone, you know what they got to do? They got to go directly to their TV partner, right? I mean, that's how this works now is ESPN, Fox, that's who's calling the shots right now for college football and where it's all going to end up being. So it sounds cool. I'm always down for more Power 5 conferences playing non-conference schedules against each other. That's what I wish it was, uh, you know, across the board. But I don't know. Seems like posturing to me, honestly. Yeah, the the only thing that has me intrigued by it is that the Big Ten and Pac-12's media rights are up soon. So uh, I wonder if somehow, and remember the ACC is in that bad TV deal with the ESPN until like fifty years or twenty thirty six. So I wonder if the Big Ten and Pac-12 and I guess the ACC, since it's reported that they're in this alliance, I wonder if somehow they will pool their media rights together in some way and if that would make sense for them all financially, uh, how playing non-conference games against each other would be worked into that. I'm not really sure, but... There's also part of me that thinks the alliance is just a small temper tantrum of them being pissed off at the SEC being like, no, 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 no. We're the biggest, baddest thing in college football. Not you guys. Like we're all together now. And and I will say that's a lot of schools, man. If they're, if they are all aligned, that's, that's a lot of school, a lot of decision makers in that group. So it makes me just wonder what that means for the future of college football playoff expansion, because like you said, it's all driven by the network. And uh, I think we were all expecting ESPN to just control that whole thing, but 
part of me thinks the Big Ten and Pac-12, who do have deals with Fox as well as ESPN, are kind of pissed at ESPN for what their alleged role was in OU and Texas going to the SEC. And I, I wonder if they'll be motivated to take the college football playoff once that deal is up and kind of take it to the open market and bid it out like kind of like the NFL playoffs. Yeah, I, I, well, here's the thing. The, the expanded playoff is going to happen. I mean, (laughs) nobody's going to vote themselves less money just to stick it to the sec. You know, I, that sounds good right now with people trying to posture and act like they've got ground to stand on. People are going to turn down playoff appearances and more money for everyone just to just to stick it to Greg Sankey. That's not going to happen. And the other thing, like, here's what's interesting about that alliance. You know, OU and Texas moving to the SEC. Here, here's what it looks like to me. The, the network partners currently pay for a whole ton of garbage for a couple of really good games. And OU and Texas moving to the SEC helps eliminate a bunch of garbage and adds in some really good games. So while these three conferences have a bunch of teams, there's about 40 of them, there's only eight, nine, maybe 10 teams in there 25% of them that do any kind of ratings at all. And I don't see a network signing a huge deal with 40 teams whenever they only want eight or 10. Cause it seems like that's where it's going. Uh, I could be wrong. Maybe they'll, they're super thrilled with it and that's, that's what they're looking to do. But I feel like, Right now, we're in a position of networks wanting, wanting to weed out the riffraff and the bad games because that's really expensive and just focus on the ones that people are watching. But I could be wrong. Yeah, and that's possible. It's also possible that you know they just they want the live content. They want the games, right? They need some of those garbage games just to have something on the air, right? Or else, or else we're going to get some more cornhole on ESPN, right. Ted. ACL championship, baby. Let's get it. Yeah. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see, but it, it doesn't sound like Bob Bowlesby and the big 12 are involved in the Alliance conversations, Ted. Ouch. So I'm, I'm not really sure what it means for the remaining eight teams in the big 12 but it doesn't seem good. No, I don't know. I, it doesn't seem good. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know. It, it just, it just takes one. It just takes one to get an offer. And all the smoke has been around Kansas. And, you know, I'm not really sure where that stands at, at the moment, but, Kansas, see, conferences would love Kansas. It's all about postseason and basketball, man. That's where the money is. Kansas basketball rates, they make the postseason, 
and they're a doormat in football. That's what everyone wants. They want ratings in basketball and a free win for their football team. Kansas is perfect. It's every conference's dream. I, I'm going to defend Oklahoma State right here. They have a good athletic department, man. Ratings-wise, they're third, football. They, OU, Texas are right there neck and neck, and Oklahoma State's third. They've got a consistently solid football program. I think Mike Boynton's fantastic. Now, CBS Sports does this thing called Best in College Sports. And you know, a lot of people talk about that, whatever it's called, like the Commissioner's Cup or the, the thing that Learfield does, the Texas one this year. In that formula and in things like it, they weigh all the sports the same. Well, in CBS Sports' thing, football and men's and women's basketball weigh more in their formula. And when you look at their system and the, the, the equation that they use, Alabama's number one. They won everything this year. OU's number two. Iowa is number three. Oklahoma State, number four in that list. So, I mean, they have a damn good athletic department. They've got a loyal fan base. Like, it would be ridiculous in my mind if they're not a power five or whatever the new level of that, the new equivalent of that is going to be. They need to be in it because that's the type of athletic program they are. That that's the type of department that they are. Like they're good. So I, I I get that, you know, some, some people are enjoying kind of watching the misery that are half that's going on for the remaining eight teams in the big 12. It shouldn't be that way for Oklahoma state. In my opinion, I, they got a damn good athletic department. Someone needs to swoop them up. I agree. I think I think they do have a really good program. I think their football, the football team is what number two to OU over the last decade and wins right in, yeah. in the conference. Um, Gundy's turned that into a a really consistent team. Uh, basketball's on the rise. Baseball's on the rise. Softball is on the rise. Um, you know they've got a premier wrestling program. It's golf premier golf program it's it's great but i they have a small fan base and they don't rate and that's that's the problem if they if if oklahoma state was uh, i'm just i'm trying to think of a the biggest school in their state and had a bigger following they get picked up in a heartbeat, but well, this is like, is Arizona and I, I, I don't live in Arizona. I don't know. Like is U of a, a bigger deal than Oklahoma state. You know what I'm saying? Like when you talk about, cause it, it's at this point, I, I feel like this round of realignment, it's not so much about footprint now. Like it was last time. It, it's about like brand recognition. Yeah. Like when, when I think, I mean, it's been a long time since Arizona basketball was shit, right? Like, yeah. I, I just, when you talk about brand recognition, like when I hear Arizona State, I think party school. Or right. I think now dumb cheaters <laughs> when it comes to recruiting. 
Like, yeah, I, I, I don't think there's any doubt. I, I think Oklahoma State nationally is viewed as a way better program than Arizona, like or, across the board. I just don't know how a conference is going to view that. Right. I, I, I don't. There's no comparison there. I, I think they, I think their athletics programs are great. I just don't know how that's going to be viewed when it comes to other conferences swooping them up. If it comes to a point where all the other conferences do have to add teams and do have to absorb the big 12, I think Oklahoma state will be one of the first to go when it, when, and if it does come to that. Yeah. It's just frustrating because I, they, they're a power five school or whatever the new equivalent to that. It's like, they shouldn't end up, in the American or some like they if, belong, like, if you, they belong if with State, some other team, some other teams that are going to be in don't belong as much as Oklahoma state. Right. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's, sure. that's frustrating to me. If Oklahoma state switched places with Tennessee and had the programs that they have at Tennessee right now, they would, they would have huge ratings, huge fan base, but unfortunately they they're in a state where, they're behind another big it's it's a ratings and fan vacuum in Oklahoma right now with with OU but they've still they've thrived as a program in that Oklahoma State is in a state that has the 22nd biggest city in the country mm-hmm. did you see that let's yeah. go move it up baby growing growing okay let's get to our winners and losers of the weekend but first do you own a business? If you do, you need Insurica in your life. Insurica is one of the country's largest insurance brokers with 30 offices throughout Oklahoma, Texas, and the Southwest. Insurica is able to customize programs by accessing the latest information from many insurance carriers. They compare and contrast coverage offerings and pricing in order to design a cost-effective, comprehensive program to meet your business's specific needs. Insurica's clients become best-in-class businesses by working with Insurica's team of advisors to manage risk. Purchasing insurance is only one way to protect your business. Best-in-class businesses win by avoiding a loss in the first place. If your business partners with Insurica, you'll save huge amounts of money and take back control of your total cost of risk. I'm an Insurica client, and you should be too. If your business wants to be best-in-class, connect with Insurica at Insurica.com. That's I-N-S-U-R-I-C-A.com. And guys, it is summer, and you know what that means. It is hard seltzer season, baby. And there's only one hard seltzer that we drink on this podcast, and that is Will and Wiley Hard Seltzer from Coop Ale Works. It's perfect for any occasion. We drink it by the pool, at the lake, and at the tailgate. It is made in Oklahoma, and it is absolutely delicious. Will and Wiley is customized for the Oklahoma lifestyle. Go find it right now in a store near you, and go follow them on social media at, at Will and Wiley. If you're drinking some because of us, tag them. Let them know. As always, Ted, kick us off. Who do you have as your winner of the weekend? Is there anything better in life than to be wanted? I don't know that there is. And Clay Matthews right now, whenever you've got Aaron Rodgers, Bakhtiari, and Randall Cobb basically, uh, not basically, literally on social media telling the team to come out and pick you up, add you to the roster, you know it's going to happen. It's just got to be awesome to be, what, 35-ish years old, 
the very back end of your career and have people advocating for you and know that you're going to be able to be picked up. I don't know that I ever felt like anyone other than like myself, my agent, and maybe my parents and uh, my wife wanting me like advocating me to be on a team, much less the starting quarterback, like the, the two highest paid guys on the team and uh, other great vets. That's got to be a great feeling, right? That has to be a tremendous feeling. And did you see what the uh, Packers GM said? What Gutkunst? It <laughs> uh, was uh, it was about an hour ago or so, because the, all those posts are out there. They asked him about it, and remember him and Aaron Rodgers not exactly on the best of terms, I'd say. But he said we've had no scu- no discussions about that. <laughs> so he's going to be there. Which what's crazy? He was not on. It, didn't play last year. I don't know if he was on the Rams roster or not, but played for the Rams in 2019 and had eight sacks in 13 games, which I means still productive, not nearly as productive whenever he was in his height, uh, obviously, but I got a feeling he's going to end up on the roster at some point. Yeah, it, it, it may take an edge guy or two going down, but that's going to happen. It's a violent game, and we're – are we going to see Clay Matthews in a Packers jersey again? Oh, yeah. I, I would put it close to 100%. The fans love him. The quarterback wants him there. He's got leverage now. Um, I He's bringing the old crew back, man. Getting the old crew back together. I think he'll be there. Back together, baby. Getting the band back together. Let's go. Jordan Love, a little banged up. A little mm. banged up. I wonder if uh, I wonder what Rogers' reaction is to that. Like, really? Come on, <laughs> you you can't make it through one preseason game. Come on, man, get it together, dude. Come on. All right, who do you have as your loser of the weekend? Army worms. You ever heard of army worms? I I have I have been informed. So my wife actually told me about them. She said, I told our lawn people to spray our lawn. It was while we were gone. It was while we were in Italy. She was like, I guess Oklahoma is being overrun by these worms. And she was like, all my friends have them in their lawn. And we came home. There, I didn't see a single worm. I was expecting the lawn just to be like moving <laughs> like this, like an illusion. But maybe they already sprayed for them. I don't know. But it sounds like these things are a problem, dude. Hey, I... I had a friend that basically lost their entire lawn in two days. It was went from plush, beautiful to gone. And it was while we were on vacation. I was like, wow, that sucks. We get back and one of the guys in our neighborhood posts on like the Facebook page of the neighborhood that he had army worms. You have a neighborhood Facebook page. Yes. I bet that gets weird. Oh, it's it's had some fireworks before, but uh, <laughs> I don't have Facebook, so my wife always tells me. So after that, I walk outside and I get some of this. I get some of the spray, and 
like if you're just looking at the lawn, you can't really see it. Like if you get down close, you can see it. But I take the the spray and spray across the top of the lawn, Gabe, and the whole lawn started moving. It was crazy. They're everywhere. So I spent my entire afternoon spraying five acres worth of creepy crawlies all over the place. I'm hoping by tomorrow they don't have my whole yard just turned to dirt. It's crazy. They're everywhere. When I went to the store to get the spray, like everyone was at the store for the same thing. The phones, like the lady in line was like answering the phone, like, no, we don't have any more. We're out. We sold it all. It's crazy. Army worms taking over. Are are they just taking over everywhere? Like, cause I'm looking, I'm looking at articles. This is the Wichita Eagle. Live in the Wichita area. Army worms may be feasting on your lawn. <laughs> this one, News on Six in Tulsa. Army worm infestation wreaking havoc on Tulsa yards. Like, are they just are they just everywhere? Are they just taking over? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why this year. I don't know if it's something with the weather, but it's crazy, crazy. But this KFOR article is just a quote. They are just little monsters. <laughs> just Army looks worms like an innocent little Oklahoma neighborhoods. It looks like a little like caterpillar type of worm looking thing. Um, it doesn't seem like a big deal until you realize that there's thousands and thousands and thousands of them. Okay, and well. here's the thing that really pisses me off. I've got a mix of fescue and bermuda gabe and I'm, I'm always trying to to keep out the crab grass these damn worms eat everything but the weeds they leave the weeds and eat the fescue and bermuda it's the damnedest thing i've ever seen in my life i i kind of respect him for that <laughs> i did too i was like, like wow it's like you know i I really don't want the, you know, the flank steak. I'm more of a <laughs> filet mignon type of worm. You know what I'm saying? Well, I didn't go with the army worms, although it is the true loser. Um, I went with Trevor Lawrence because it's got to be, and I know he's not the first person to go through this, and it's a preseason game, but Dabo Sweeney, like the most positive person ever, to Urban Meyer, who may be the most psychotic person ever. And all of the pressure about how good he's going to be. And then Urban Meyer's just ripping their offense and how slow and pathetic they are. And they had like 80 yards or something in the first half. He's, even though it's Jacksonville, it's not like there's a big winning tradition there. It's got to suck to have the weight of a bad franchise on your shoulders with those type of expect unrealistic expectations that yeah and it's not like it's not like he was that bad right no. he wasn't perfect it's like 6 of 9 yeah the, took a couple of sacks yeah he's there's going to be some growing pains right it, it's really really hard to play quarterback in the national football league but <laughs> Dude, I, I was watching for Lawrence and all all I could all I could look at was Tebow, man. Like I he's got like a gravitational pull. Did you see that? Did please tell me you saw the block. 
Everyone saw it. It's all over the internet. To his defense, that is a plus. In that meeting, they may be laughing a little bit, but he did his job. Yeah. Guy ran himself out of the play, man. He went to cut him on the little slice action, and he wasn't there. That's that's the thing about... Think about Tebow, though, man. He rates his ass off. People want to watch. People want whether they love him or they hate him. They want to watch. This is this is the best way to put it. If Tebow was a school, one of these Power Five conferences would swoop him up and realignment. That's for damn. That's what sure. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's crazy. Gosh. All right. Are you looking to buy or sell a house in the OKC metro area? I just used the Renalo Cloud Group to sell my old house, and it was so easy and stress-free. Station Renalo and Maddie Cloud are with Sage Sotheby's International Realty. They believe in prompt communication, an honest relationship, and luxury service, and that's exactly what they gave me. You can reach them by emailing Stacia at Stacia at SageSir.com. That's S-T-A-C-I-A at S-A-G-E-S-I-R.com. Or you can contact them on Instagram at at sold by Stacia and at sold by Maddie underscore. You will not regret using them. Ted, for my winner of the weekend, I thought about going with the LA Clippers because they did end up signing Kawhi Leonard to a four-year max contract worth $176.3 million with some of the things he's done in the past. Keeping Kawhi is, I mean, that's quite the feat for anyone. So good, good for the Clippers. Well, yeah, I we'll see if he actually wants to show up and play for it. But to get the the ink on the paper is is a feat in itself. But yeah, I hope he gets back to being healthy, man. I hope the I hope the NBA with a little bit more normal off season, which maybe it wasn't, it's shortened, and some stars were in the Olympics, but. It was more normal than last year. Hopefully, they can have a full run of it with some healthy uh, superstars. Yeah. Just a reminder, he had ACL surgery. That's not ideal. And it was fairly late, like in May, wasn't it? Yeah. It was weird. We'll see when he comes back, but I don't know. But my winner of the weekend, Justin Fields. Now, he, he got off to a bit of a slow start, but... Once he got it going in the Bears preseason game against the Dolphins, he looked good, man. Settled in, ended up leading a couple of touchdown drives, had a really nice rushing touchdown, ended up with a solid stat line. And I know sometimes stat lines can be a little misleading, but uh, thought he handled himself well in the pocket, ended up 14 to 20 for 142 and a touchdown, added 33 rushing yards with that rushing touchdown. But the reason he is the winner of the weekend, he is now the most popular man in the city of Chicago. And there is not a better city on planet Earth in the summer than Chicago, Illinois. It is fantastic. And Justin Fields is currently king of that city. And I feel bad for Andy Dalton because because he is in such a bad spot. All Chicago Bears fans want to do is see Justin Fields play quarterback for the Bears, and it's not going to happen. They're going to stick with Dalton, and people are just – they just want Fields, Ted. That's all they want, man. 
it's not a matter of if they're going to go with Fields. It is when. Uh, it's the worst position to be in, you know. At least you do have some understanding that at some point you're going to get the phone call and it's going to be like, hey, listen, we love what you've done for us this year, but we're going with the young kid. You know it's coming. It may be that he's getting better. It may be that your play has been down. It may be that uh, you've lost several games. Playoffs are out of reach, but it's coming at some point. And it could be for a multiple of reasons, but it's going to happen. I'm not sure. I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone said, someone said, wow, only Justin Fields can look cool at quarterback in the Chicago Bears uniform, like, or something like that. And it just, it had me cracking up, man. But we'll, the we'll last see. quarterback that they had looked cool in that uniform was McMahon, and that was a long time ago. Well, Jay Cutler would have looked cooler if they would have let him smoke cigarettes on the field. Yeah. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of cool. Some people would have thought that was cool. Uh, he he should have had a cigarette and a beer on the bench because it looked like that's exactly what the only thing that he wanted at the time. Uh, by all accounts, people around him really liked him, but he looked like a miserable man playing quarterback. Yeah. I can't. I hope though. Fields is good. Like, you you know how we say, like, hey, college football is more fun when, like, Miami is good. I I just feel like the NFL would be more fun if the Bears were really good. I don't know why, but it just – Maybe it has something to do with the NFC North. I, I don't know, but it would just – I think it would make the NFL better. So I'm hoping is, Justin Fields is the guy. I'm with you because that place, when they're good, it's a crazy environment, man. It's oh, yeah. a crazy place. The weather's a factor late, and that becomes a very difficult place to go get late-season wins when that's a good team, and you absolutely have to have them. So, no, I'm totally with you. Okay, for my loser of the weekend – Thought about going with the Oklahoma City Thunder summer league squad. It just it it hasn't gone particularly well for the boys in Vegas. Uh, what I think at this point, one and three. Josh Giddy uh, tweaked the ankle. Trey Mann left for personal reasons. They scored sixty one points the other day against the Pacers. Uh, just just not going particularly well. And you know I. But once again, it's summer league. It's summer league, Ted. I'm not going to make too big of a deal about it. It's it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. I'm like that meme. What what animal is that sitting in the burning house? I guess I always thought it was a dog, but now that you mentioned it, right? I don't know. I think I think it's a dog. (laughs) I've never really wondered, but I was just about to say, and I was like, wait, is that a dog? It's a goofy looking dog. I I think it is, (laughs) but. I also uh, thought about going with the New Orleans Saints. I don't know if you caught any of that game. And once again, it's just the preseason. But they were playing the Ravens, and they turned it over six times on offense. Six turnovers. Brutal. It was was, was so bad. And John Payton, after the game, he basically – they were asking about the quarterbacks. He's like, how am I supposed to talk about anything 
other than the six turnovers. Like, really? <laughs> like, you want me to talk about Jameis and Taysom Hill? No. <laughs> what? How could I even evaluate that when we turned it over six times? Like, he, it was just one of those where, like, he's looking out, like, off into the distance, like, Drew Brees, please come back. Please. That's uh, brutal. It's oh. going to be rough for the old Saints. We'll see. But my loser of the weekend is the lady that threw – I don't know if it was a pop – I think it was popcorn. It was in it was, a Pepsi cup, wasn't was it? it? Yeah, was it was it a, was it a soda cup or was it yeah. popcorn? I can't Pepsi. Really I think it was a Pepsi cup. It would be Pepsi, too. Yeah. Ugh. But if you haven't seen it, go go find it on social media. But my loser of the weekend, the lady that threw the cup that really made the fight break out at the Rams-Chargers preseason game at SoFi Stadium. What the hell, lady? (laughs) I mean, you're not even in the argument, and you just literally, like it was a grenade that she just lobs it in there. just turned to walk off. (laughs) Like, the situation had just, like, de-escalated. Like, the men, they had uh, some men talking, and then all of a sudden, this lady lobs the cup in there, and that's what makes the the guy in the air in Donald Jersey. He reacts with the the like spinning, spinning back, back fist. He <laughs> was like a, it was like you know when you're a little kid and like your little brother's picking on you and you're like try you're just flailing to try to do anything about it. That's what he looked like. And it looked like a Three Stooges where he's like trying to slap up and down the row, you know, and trying to hit everyone at once. <laughs> it was it was a it was an excellent maneuver but once he, he had the high ground ted and he gave up the high ground once he went over that seat he was getting punched like by five or six different, different people. dudes at the same time and the, the funny part is like half of them were wearing ram stuff and the other <laughs> half were wearing charger stuff like and he was wearing an aaron donald jersey so it's not like the Rams, the other Rams fans were definitive. They were beating his ass too. I was like, what is happening? And it's, it's all because of that stupid lady. Nothing brings two fan bases together, like pounding a belligerent, you know, that's, um, that's the one thing that everyone can unite over. I'll tell you what's fascinating about this. I just happened two nights ago to watch and I don't know when it came out. This is the first time I saw it, but the documentary on the malice in the palace. Have you seen that on Netflix? I I have heard, I haven't watched it yet, but I have heard several people on podcasts talk about it. Like the creator. And I've heard like Jermaine O'Neal talk about it as well. Like it sounds insane. I need to watch it. It's really good, but it all boils down to like, Everything was almost done. And then this guy hurls this beer and it like tumbles through the air and hits Ron Artest. And there it goes. It was crazy. It's a really good documentary. I suggest uh, everyone go check it out. It's pretty good. Well, maybe, maybe that's what that lady had just watched. She was like, like, this is how you get it going. (laughs) I will say this. I highly recommend going and watching that fight video, but don't get too distracted by the actual fighting. Make sure you pause the video at some point and just observe 
the characters <laughs> in the shot because there are some characters in that video. Like I, I, I've watched it probably five times now. And each time I like notice someone new, like, huh, wonder what her deal is. Like, it's just, it's fantastic. It's you know, fantastic content. I remember whenever I was in high school, they used to the fly the helicopter around and like they'd land and get some video of all the high school games and everyone like in the middle of the football game, the fans, the players on both teams would just stop and look up at the helicopter, right? <laughs> just watch it circling around like it was a UFO. If you watch that video, the entire stadium stops what they're doing and it's all staring directly at the fight. It's great. <laughs> Go watch the video. It's fantastic. And on that note, episode 138 in the books. We'll have a new podcast that'll drop Thursday morning. Our buddy from the Associated Press, Ralph Russo, will join us. AP Top 25 dropping Monday. So we'll we'll uh, discuss that with our man, Ralph. Just a reminder, you can hear Teddy from 2 to 6 on Sports Talk 1400. You can hear me from 3 to 5 on Sirius XM Big 12 Radio Channel 375. Hope you all have a great week. Until next time, we appreciate y'all for listening and do what you always do. Up Take care of each other. Just one more time.